Today on City Cash Chicago, the new mayor is setting some big goals. Outdoor movie season is here, and it turns out some of y'all actually like Malort. I'm here with lead producer Samal Ali Saya to break it all down. It's Tuesday, July 11th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Good morning, Simone. Welcome back to the mic. Hey, Jacoby. How are you? I'm doing well. We got a lot to talk about, including a 223-page report that got dropped by Mayor Brandon Johnson's transition team last week. It's called Building Bridges and Growing the Soul of Chicago, a blueprint for creating a more just and vibrant city for all. Simone, were you able to get into this, uh, you know, pretty large report? Yeah, a little bit, right? It's a, it's a big it's a big document. I I will admit, I did not read all two hundred twenty three pages. Uh, but it's got some help, helpful pictures and some graphics, some little flow charts. It does, it does. I was really I was really surprised by that actually. About the there are these great <laughs> illustrations that kind of uh, show the the different goals. But I mean, I think the the big thing is is right. So we have talked recently about. Uh, Brandon Johnson and his sort of first uh, um, couple months in office. And we talked a couple weeks ago about issues around ShotSpotter, uh, the, the gun detection technology, um, as well as sort of around uh, school governance and local school councils and police in schools, um, and maybe some indications of moves where Johnson is maybe pulling back on some campaign promises, mm-hmm. starting to see the differences between candidate Johnson and mayor and mayor Johnson. But the other sort of interesting thing about this is, you know, his predecessors, uh, former Mayor Lori Lightfoot and former Mayor Rahm Emanuel, both put out their transition reports before they even took office, before inauguration. Mm-hmm. And we're getting Johnson's two months into his into his term, um, which I, I appreciated I think, how he flipped that a little bit, though. Right. He really he did. Yeah. Right. He gave the Chicagoans deserve time. We don't need to be rushed. And I feel like compared to his predecessors, he is more likely to be held accountable to the progressive vision board that he outlines. Well, certainly people tried to hold Lori Lightfoot accountable, I would say. I think there's right that there was there was that was probably one of the hallmarks of her of her tenure was uh, Mm -hmm. just the sort of what she promised and and how what how little she delivered on some of those campaign promises. Um, but, you know, within the report here that we've got from Brandon Johnson, there are some um, really sort of interesting things, a lot of stuff that really does align with what he talked about on the campaign trail. So he did bring up mm-hmm. ShotSpotter, ending that ShotSpotter contract. He did, the this report also sort of endorses the recommendation to uh, get rid of uh, the gang database, this, this sort of a really problematic database that can next people to gangs. Um, both of these tools used by the Chicago Police Department to fight crime, but both tools have been sort of found to be uh, both racist and, and not that effective, frankly, mm-hmm. um, in, in doing so. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff, too, on the, the school's front. But I think the biggest question on all of this in all 223 pages is how we're going to pay for all of these yeah. things. And I know a lot of people's initial thought, because I have this same 
feeling as well when some of these issues come up is like when people say, where are we going to get the money from? And I'm like, man, it feels like Chicago always has money for the things it wants, right? It found money for Chicago. Why can't it find money for other things? When you really sort of move through this entire list, you know, there's some big goals on here. Free child care for all Chicagoans, right? They want to potentially create a a public bank. Um but if you look in that sort of bridges left to build, it says we discussed specifics of mayor's tax policy and tax incentives for corporations, but did not reach consensus. And that's kind of what we saw coming out of the campaign trail is that people were wondering, you know, you have some, you know, proposals like the bring Chicago home. Right. Which would be a, a sort of a real estate tax. You also had a potential taxations on uh, hotels and, and gas. But. You know, th- those sounded like suggestions on the campaign trail, but they don't really find themselves inside of this report because, I mean, it's becoming clear that securing those may be harder. It's worth noting that the the Bring Chicago Home tax, as you mentioned, that real estate transfer tax, sort of a high end luxury real estate sales mm-hmm. um, uh, that is sort of the one big tax revenue proposal that is sort of, yes, we want to pass this. Uh, it's mm-hmm. something that the the committee has said, has endorsed, and is something that Johnson has said, yes, we're going to do this. Sort of some of the other proposals that are missing, bringing back what's called a head tax. So that's taxing uh, companies, businesses based on how many people they employ, how big their payroll is um, in Chicago. Uh, also, any type of, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Johnson had talked about an income tax, uh, a city mm-hmm. income tax. Um, and so that is uh, going to be a tough sell. The other like really big financial thing in here too is uh, in schools, the fact that COVID money is running out. Um, exactly. This is this is a huge, huge thing that, that is about to happen uh, for CPS specifically, other stuff too, but in CPS specifically, um, that is something that is coming down the pike very, very fast that the Johnson administration will have to figure out. And in this report, you know, it's sort of nothing too specific on how to deal with that. It's a lot of like finding, finding new revenue streams. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be admired throughout here. Everything from, like you said, these sort of big goals to even smaller goals that obviously have big uh, price tags, but, you know, providing public transit, uh, laptops, Wi-Fi to students, doing more resources for for newly arriving migrant students, for students who are dealing with, uh, you know, houselessness. Uh, but, you know, the question that we keep posing, people are going to keep posing is how do we grow Chicago's tax base? Right. How do we bring more people here? How do we keep people um, in Chicago and also, how do we grow our revenues with with COVID dollars drying up? So, uh, you know, we will drop a link so you can read the entire 200 page report yourself, uh, as well as links to some of our favorite journalists who have who've helped you break down some of this. Moving on to a topic that, you know, was really on our minds and on our palates last week, uh, the taste of Malort. Is it good? Is it bad? Um, is it one of the horcruxes from Harry Potter? I'm not sure if that... <laughs> that was <laughs> that right. No, that sense. was... You were there. All right, cool. That's, that's cool. accurate. That was there. Yeah. <laughs> I was reaching, but I'm, I'm glad it worked. Uh, last week, I tried Malort for the very first time, and uh, it, it, it was not great. But we did ask uh, some of our listeners, some of our Hey Chicago readers, to tell us how they felt about Malort. Hey, this is Chris up in North Center. 
recently just heard the episode on Malort, and what's funny is Malort's actually the first alcoholic drink I have ever consumed. Newly minted 21-year-old in Chicago? I'll agree with Jacoby. Uh, primary taste is rubbing alcohol, starting to taste the wormwood after that. The thing is, I'm such an inexperienced drinker that everything just tastes like Malort right now. Right now, uh, literally just had a hazy IPA, and I was still stuck with Malort face. <laughs> uh, guess that's what it takes to get you to alcohol in the city. Can you imagine if that was the first drink you ever, your first legal drink was Malort? Yeah, I, I, like, I'd be pissed off. I do feel like my <laughs> first legal drink, though, beyond like just like a beer, was some concoction of mostly Everclear out of a like plastic tub filled with like ice and Tropicana. Like it was. I had a delightful drink on my my twenty first birthday. It was, I mean, it was like a it was like a birthday shot with hazelnut and Bailey's or something, something, something. It was really nice and sweet. It tasted like cake. Uh, I cannot imagine if if Malort were were my first shot. Um, but but Chris, actually, of all of the listeners and readers who uh, reached out to us uh, uh, in a we did a little poll in in our newsletter, Hate Chicago. You know, Chris was sort of with us. Like we, you and me, we. I think we're we're pretty okay on Malort. We don't need to to touch yeah, that again. I, I don't need to do it again. I went to a bar this weekend and it seemed pretty themed. It was like this. I don't know. We were doing this random bar, like impromptu bar crawl, and we stopped in like this Nashville hot chicken place on Milwaukee, and it were like 50 bottles of Jepsons in there. And then it was just like Jepsons memorabilia, old tin cans, old posters. I, it's almost like I had never seen it. And now I can't stop. Now it's it. everywhere. Now it's everywhere. Now it's everywhere. So here's the thing. Hey, Chicago readers, uh, you know, came to us and they said a lot of them said, yeah, I like it. Or, yeah, it's part of my <laughs> part of my regular drinking routine. Like my di- my local dive bar, they serve so much of it or like, you know, I've really grown to like the taste. I, I'm so sorry that I sound sarca- sarcastic to you, readers. <laughs> yeah, we need that new Hey Chicago audio survey. Where y'all at? Where y'all coming from? <laughs> <laughs> I I genuinely am uh, impressed by by the love uh, that Malort was getting. Uh, and uh, uh, one response that I want to call out from Caroline M, who described, uh, she, okay, Caroline says that they had lived in Chicago. They'd been in Chicago for one week. Uh, mm-hmm. And they went on this first date with the person who is uh, now their fiance. So shout out to Caroline. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> you know, they had dinner. It was good. They stopped in a dive bar afterwards. And he orders two shots of Malort, uh, which Caroline had never had. Uh, it was like, oh, it's a tradition. It's ad blah, blah. Caroline goes on to say, he definitely had a good laugh at my face after I took the shot, but now Malort is our drink. And they even took pictures of us doing shots of Malort during our engagement photo shoot. So it's part of their love story, Jacoby. It's cute, cute, right? Yeah. It it feels like an endurance competition at this point. It's almost like it's beyond (laughs) rite of passage. It's for some people, it's just like something about getting through it. Uh, Like being that person who doesn't make the face is sort of now a badge of honor. And so there's almost something to it of uh, some sort of realized strength and liking Malort that I think people are leaning into. And you know what? I guess I respect that. I I respect that. (laughs) 
speaking of things to do with your friends this summer, we are coming up two weeks away from the box office showdown of the summer. Uh, that is in one corner wearing the pink trucks, Barbie. <laughs> in the <laughs> other corner wearing the existential dread, Oppenheimer. <laughs> I would argue that existential dread features in both films, by the way. But that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. Well, uh, these two summer summer blockbusters are coming up. Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan movie, Greta Gerwig's Barbie, on the other hand. Uh, and Chicago is going through a little bit of Barbie fever. You've seen the Malibu Barbie pop-ups. You've seen the costumes parties, the, the birthdays. And then, on the other hand, you got Oppenheimer, which... There's a pretty substantial connection to Chicago. I mean, the Manhattan Project, POW-1, the first ever nuclear reactor, which produces the plutonium that goes into these weapons, was here in Chicago. Simone, are you feeling either movie? Okay, I'm thoroughly excited for the Barbie movie. I'm here for it. I, I just went to a Barbie-themed party this weekend. I I, I got on board because I saw it. Uh, I read the interview with Greta Gerwig where she was like, this might be the movie that ruins my career. And I was like, okay, well, now I have to see this. Like, this is, this is, I, I'm here for it. And we just got a, a press release uh, this week uh, claiming that Illinois is the uh, top as a state that tops searches for Barbie fashion. Uh, this comes out of okay. a, uh, a yeah. That this comes out of a, a, a Boohoo, which is a clothing. It's an online clothing shop, and mm-hmm. uh, apparently, out here in Illinois, we are we are searching for Barbie outfits. We are on Pinterest. We are looking for accessories. <laughs> we're looking for purses. We're looking for hats. Um, and uh, and I'm here for it. Oppenheimer, I'll watch it eventually. I will I will watch it eventually, for sure. <laughs> you'll, you'll get to it at, at some point. I really appreciate the sort of marketing behind most movies. They've even seemed to, like, partner up to, to get people to go in and do a double feature, which I can't imagine what experience in both of those looks like. I wonder how is Christopher Nolan getting away with some of the things he still is allowed to get away with. All I'm hearing is about them trying to recreate an explosion that in the movie with that, what, six miles of IMAX film makes you feel like you're experiencing an explosion. Why would I want that, Chris? No, I'm not here for that. But I mean, I'm honestly, summer movies being out at the movie theater was one of the things I definitely missed during the pandemic. And so I'm just excited that people are uh, looking forward to going to see one of these seemingly polar opposite um, movies. But even if you're not, interested in seeing Barbie or seeing Oppenheimer when they drop uh, next Thursday in theaters. There are plenty of opportunities for you to see movies here in Chicago, but not only go to the movies, but you can go outside uh, and see the movies as well. Movies at Millennium Park um, are back today. Uh, you can go and check out, but also tomorrow movies on the Midway on Midway Placens, uh here on, on the South Side and Hyde Park is also back. And so we'll drop links to the full schedule. Simone, are you an outdoor movie person? Drive ins, movies in the park is, is rooftops. Is that your thing? I love an outdoor movie like movie in the park in particular because uh, they're free. Uh, so number one, love that. <laughs> um <laughs> And and you can walk to them, Jacoby. Those are my top uh-huh. two <laughs> factors for anything that I'm doing out in the world. It's free and I can walk to it. There are some really, really good ones uh, in the park that are coming up. I am re- going to be sad uh, to be missing Mean Girls at mm. uh, Lincoln Park uh, near the Chicago History Museum. Uh, you know, that's got a... That, has got an Evanston connection and, uh, you know, is a, a film that is near and dear to my heart. But... 
I will be excited to go see also at Lincoln Park by the Chicago History Museum. They're going to be showing Chicago uh, with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Renee Zellweger, um, which is another uh, that that's one of my I do one of my karaoke songs from Chicago, actually. So I really I really okay. like that musical quite a lot. Which one? If I'm really feeling myself, I will do all that jazz, <laughs> uh, which is the opening number. <laughs> nice. Um I do like a, an outdoor movie. I've gone to like some of Chicago's film festivals at the the Pilsen Drive-In. Um, luckily, our newsletter editor, Sydney Madden, is on it, and she has got some of the best rooftops, best outdoor film series, best drive-ins in the city. So we will drop a link in the show notes. Uh, that's our show for today. A little bit movies, a little bit of Malort, and of course, Mayor Brandon Johnson's transition plan. We've got links for all of that for you in the show notes. Simone, as always, I appreciate you making time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Over the weekend, asylum seekers living at a North Lawndale police station were moved following allegations that Chicago police officers working there had improper sexual relations with migrants, including an officer who allegedly impregnated a teen. The Daily Northwestern reports that the university has fired head football coach Pat Fitzgerald. The move comes after an investigation into the football program show widespread hazing along with allegations of sexual abuse and racism in the program. And some good news. The Windy City Smokeout starts cooking on Thursday outside the United Center with some of the best in-country music and barbecue. For a link to tickets, check the show notes. Tomorrow, we'll be back talking water safety as the summer heats up. Definitely stick around for tips on how to stay safe at the beach. I'll talk to you then. Peace.